Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Raina Starr. Oh, y'all better buckle in, because this is going to be one hell of a show tonight. Anyway, Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might offend you, this may not be the show for you. But you know what I always say, I think it is. Anyway, Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out her social media page for her Halloween limited edition sale. It is happening until the end of October, so you have time, but not a lot of it. And stuff can sell out, so be warned about that, too. Uh, Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Go to the Facebook page for Wicked Witch Studios. And you will see the links to the limited edition products. She's got candles, there's oils, there's sprays, there's poppets, there's everything. Um, But the limited edition Halloween stuff is for a limited time only, so check it out. All right. Without further ado, it has been a long, long (laughs) summer without this man, but I want everybody to welcome back my friend, the pagan pundit, Talison Govannon. Welcome back, Tal. <laughs> Welcome back, my friend. I have missed hey, you. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, everybody out there, ladies and gentlemen, madams, messieurs, and people of every single type of gender identity in between, including none. It is I, Talison, the pagan pundit, back from a wild and wacky summer that uh, has had a yep. lot of crap happen. Uh, and also politically, we are in the middle of some incredible stuff that's going on. Uh, but I don't think a lot of people realize just how incredible it is. So we are going to have quite the show tonight. And let me tell you, I've been spending some time this summer riding roller coasters for the first time in my life. I was just at Kings yep. Island last weekend. I was riding uh, The Beast, which is the 42-year-old wooden coaster. I was riding Mystic Timbers, which is just an incredible, incredible, crazy beginning-to-end thrill ride of a wooden coaster. And really, in a wow. lot of ways, uh, tonight's show is going to resemble a crazy-ass wooden coaster in more ways than one. So, Because, uh, you know, wooden coasters can wow. go upside down these things. So uh, yeah. it's possible. So we are, we are going we're, we're to be going on a wild ride tonight. So there's a strap in, folks. Smoke them if you got them. Trust me, get out the bong. It's going to be fun. So, All right. Well, Fire up the beta match, kids. This one, yeah. This one's gonna, it's going to be a wild one. But before we go into that, um, yep. tell us what you're up to from a writing perspective. What is going on? Yes. What is going on? Oh, what is going on is that this summer I had yet another. Last summer I had interferences with my writing because of pandemic, moving my mom into the household. Uh, starting to pack up yep. her house. I just got slammed, and I didn't get a lot of writing done yep. last summer, which threw my writing schedule off. This summer, 
not only have I been out of town a lot, going out with my wife and my son to amusement parks and riding roller coasters all over the place, but uh, in uh, late June, I wound up with a hand infection in my right hand Oof. that got, yeah, it wound up, uh, it wound up uh, needing a two and a half hour surgery to fix all, to get rid of all of the uh, infection in there. It took six weeks to heal up. So for about two months, I really wasn't able to type. Uh, and that's why I really wasn't on a whole lot of social media. Uh, and then at right. the end of the summer, at the end of the summer, uh, right after my wife and son got into an auto accident that totaled our van, uh, and my wife wow. is still having some issues in her leg from the auto accident. And then my Facebook got mm-hmm. hacked, and I lost my old account. It's gone. I'm never getting it back. Yeah. Uh, and inc- including yeah. the uh, Callison Govanin fan page, I have no access to anymore. Uh, so I am currently wow. trying to get it taken down. It's being used by whoever hacked it to throw up uh, episodes of TV shows that are pirate. So I'm reporting the videos as copyright infringement, and I'm constantly reporting the profile as imitating, you know, somebody else, trying to get that taken down. I'm going to be starting a new one. But let's just say I just got back into the writing swing of things recently. I'm still working on the book of pagan holiday stories for a publisher that is still going forward. And I am working on... The Sorceress Saga, and we're still working on book three. Uh, however, I've got uh, a bunch of stuff happening along those ends, too. I just had my first page story published in an anthology uh, called My Heart to Yours. It was an LGBTQ anthology. And my story is called The Crimson Ghost. And it is the origin story for a lesbian superhero I have called The Crimson Ghost. And she is not a superpower type. She's more like that green arrow, black widow, just somebody who's so incredibly well-trained, they look like they have supernatural abilities. And uh, the story was was not only her origin story, but also how she met her girlfriend, Penny. Uh, So it's kind of like an origin story for the character. And I've gotten enough positive feedback on that story that I'm going to be drawing up a proposal to see if I can sell. Uh, I'm going to be selling a series of action-adventure YA novels based on this character uh, to a publisher next summer. So that's what, that's something I'm going to be working nice. on, as well as premiering uh-huh. the first Trevor and Evelyn Hawkins Shadow Walker Detective Agency uh, uh, novella series next summer. And anybody who's read The Witch, book two in the Sorceress Saga, know that Trevor and Evelyn Hawkins are becoming increasingly important in that story as well. And they're going to get their own series uh, for the first time next year. So lots and lots Sweet. and lots of stuff happening. Um, I was almost, you know, yeah. I was almost talking to you from the parking lot of Cedar Point tonight, but we decided to wait and go on Sunday. We're just squeezing in as many roller coaster days before the end of the season. So it's just been, just been pretty much insane. So uh, <laughs> that's yeah. been my summer. Oh, can I give uh, a shout-out? I need, I, can I give a shout-out to Miss Sally, Miss Sally Starling? Oh, yeah, Shalia Starling, Willow, my wife, yes. Yes, Miss Willow, uh, if I can just give her a shout-out and say thank you for keeping us apprised of what was going on because I was concerned. I hadn't seen my friend, and I hadn't known you were hacked. So thanks to her, um, a lot of of fears were alleviated because Miss Willow came out and said, hello, (laughs) everything's fine, he's all right. So I'm very appreciative, so... Please I took like two months me. off Facebook. I took two months off Facebook. Yeah. 
I, I completely took too much off Facebook. And um, yeah. it's, you know, it, it actually felt kind of good. Uh, my, I am not going to let my, mm-hmm. my friends list get as crazy big as it got last time. Uh, as a matter of fact, you notice that I'm, I'm sharing a lot of stuff about how I love books and shit like that. I'm not really doing a lot yeah. of political stuff. I, I kind of enjoyed not arguing with idiots. So uh, if I see anybody, I've already blocked somebody <laughs> for being stupid. So if I see stupid, yeah. I block it. I don't engage it anymore. And it's a far, far more peaceful yeah. life for me. Uh, besides, you know, it's like I'm not going to get stuck in the mire of arguing stupid because we got big shit going on in this country. And like David Letterman used to say, Fire up the Betamax, kids. This one's going to be a keeper. So, <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay, because I will be honest with you, um, and you know me, as, as a matter right. of fact, uh, at this particular point, you've known me a decade hard to fucking yeah. believe. But true. Um, yeah. But here's a, here's a situation. Without you talking me down, it's been a little rough. It's just been a little uh. rough. So I have been so excited to have you back on. Start wherever you want to start. I am here for it. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to start off going big because there's something big going on. And really, when you look at the big picture, the, anno- the day-to-day annoyances of politics, um, mm-hmm. you know, like fuck, fucking Joe Manchin and fucking Kristen Cinema uh, and Kristen you know Cinema. the mm-hmm. the the fuck the the, the fuckers uh, you know assholes galore and it's easy to get wrapped up and get all pissed off at them but you got to understand this is this is very small potatoes this is very small game because this is the last time that these folks this year is going to be the last year that these folks are going to seriously get in the way of anything that uh, President Biden wants to do. Because I'll tell you, Joe Biden is going to wind up being the transformational president of your or my lifetime. Because just like they say only Nixon could go to China, only an established party man and a well-established moderate like Joe Biden is going to be able to usher in the progressive change that is going to be coming into this country. I mean, you notice that when you've got people on the talk shows right now, when you've got Bernie Sanders, when you've got Representative uh, Jayapal, uh, um, I'm probably massacring her name, uh, the leader of the House Progressive Caucus, they get to go out there and they don't get to say, we're going to drag this party to the left. They get to go out there and say, we just want to enact President Biden's full agenda. agenda. And so yes, you know, they it's, do. It's, it, it's a really fucking weird place to be. But you've got to understand, you know, for years I've been talking about the Republican Party is going to fracture and we're going to have a period of one-party rule. That period has already yes, started. Yes, you said that. Be- yes, because really? that period has already started because most people don't realize that something really, really monumental happened in American politics last summer. Uh, and, again, people don't understand just how monumental this was. Because it was, a, it, was, it was like an afterthought. Most people don't even realize that this happened last summer, but it did. And it's going to completely change politics the way we've known. The way you and I have known politics is gone forever. We are in uncharted territories because last summer, the Republican Party that we grew up with, that you knew growing up and that I knew growing up, dissolved itself. It effectively yeah. dissolved itself last summer. 
at the Republican National Convention. Because to understand, parties in this country, major parties, parties that people are used to dealing with, um, you know, are very, very basic things. They have a lot of reach. They do a lot. There's a lot of parties in this country, but most of them aren't serious. Most of them are ones that run a vanity candidate for president every four years to try to raise some more money to do a little better, and they're never really going to be a serious party because they're not running. You know, the way that you seriously build a party is you run people at lower levels. You run them for city council, for county commissioner, for local bread and butter things, and that starts building a base of of people with political experience that you can then start trying to get into higher office. Uh, and you work your way mm-hmm. up to the presidency. You don't say, oh, well, if, if, if we win the presidency, then everything's going to change. Yeah, everything's going to change because we will have woken up in the land of fucking Oz, okay, because you guys aren't going to win the fucking presidency. And they're not even serious about it because they're not really trying to build a party. You build it from the ground up. And the thing about a party, mm-hmm. though, the very most basic thing that a party does, and this is something that even the vanity parties, like the Greens and the Libertarians and all these people, they still do a very mm-hmm. basic thing, and that is once every few years. Some parties do it once a year, some do it every two, some do it once every four, the way the Democrats and the Republicans do. But once every so many years, they come together and they decide what their principles as a party are going to be and how they're going to live those principles through their proposals for legislation and governance. And this is called a platform. And even though you can run in that party without endorsing every single part of the platform, odds are you're going to endorse more of it than you don't uh, if you're going to be a part of that party. Okay. And that is the most basic thing that you do. That is bread and butter stuff. That way, if you run a guy for president and they lose, then you still have those principles to fall back on. You can have your established people who are already in office say, look, so-and-so didn't win, but we still have these principles. We're still running on these ideas. Uh, and even if they don't live up to them, even if it's all lip service, uh, like they did to the anti-abortion whack jobs in the 80s and most of the 90s, they just kind of gave them lip service but never actually did anything for them, it was still on the platform and it was still in their values, and it attracted people into the party that went along with those values. Well, last time like they didn't right. do this. They decided that we're not going to do a platform. Our platform is basically whatever Trump wants. Um, and yeah. the thing, and that is where they ceased to be a party and became a cult of personality, an authoritarian movement that really doesn't have ideas. They just want power for the raw acquisition of power and, of course, the enrichment of themselves and all their buddies, which is usually a part of any authoritarian government scheme. And basically, at that point, I don't refer to these people as Republicans anymore because, you know, it, it disperses the, the reputations of people like Bob Dole and John McCain to call these people Republicans. They're Trump Republicans, okay? They're, they're MAGAs, you know, they're maggots, okay? Because, you know, the MAGA people are racist and the, they're the basket of deplorables, so I call them maggots. You know, uh, they're maggots or they're Trump Republicans. The Republican Party is dead. And... What people wow. don't understand, and they'll say, well, yeah, but you still got all these people in the party. Do you? Do you know how many people are left in the Republican Party? It's not as much as what a lot of people would think. Because there's been one important really? part of 
there's been one important part of the Republican coalition that has allowed them to, it's been at the center of a lot of their gerrymandering, and it's been a part that's really kept them in the game, and that is the suburban, quite often college-educated Republicans. These are much. These tend to be economic Republicans. If they're racist, they're soft racist. They're not necessarily going to endorse somebody who's a white supremacist if they don't like their economic agenda. Um, and they're the people who are convinced that, you know, every time taxes go up, theirs are going to go up. So basic greed says that they should be Republicans who oppose all taxes, even for billionaires. But the thing is, these people are not your hardcore maggots. They're not your maggots. They're not your hardcore. These are your grandma, grandpa Republicans. These are the people who don't really like, they didn't like when Trump would tweet. They would always say, just get the guy off goddamn Twitter because they were happy that their taxes were low and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, there's estimates that somewhere between 700,000 and a million Republicans left the party in the first two weeks after the January 6th insurrection. And all of these really? people, the 700, yes, around the country, wow. between 700,000 and a million. And these are all people, and most of these, I would say a good 90% of them are these suburban Republicans. The people who were fine with, they were fine with the party the way it was, with all the race baiting, as long as their taxes kept low, and as long as they weren't too too tacky about it, basically, as long as they weren't being all loud and obnoxious and extremely stupid. And I'll tell you, these people, these, these suburban Republicans, these are people who honestly believe that the police are their friend, okay? And they honestly back the police and believe that that is how you have a peaceful society. And so when they saw videos of the maggots beating police officers to death with an American flagpole, that was too much for mm. these people. And they left by the hundreds of thousands. Um, and that is one, and the thing wow. is that you got to understand, some of these really so-called safe red gerrymandered districts, they're not like mm-hmm. 20 or 30 points safe. Any, you know, anytime you win a race in this country by five points or more, that's considered a comfortable victory. There are lots right. of districts, there's lots of suburban Republican districts where the partisan breakdown of people who turn out to vote, not necessarily people who live in the area, but people who turn out to vote, is about 60-40 Republican. First, you know, 60% Republican, 40% Democrat, and they know even if there's a little wavering, that's probably going to be a safe uh, district for them. Well, the thing is, sure. is that, They've lost people, tens of thousands of people in the suburbs. Um, and also the Democrats are doing a much better job at registering people than they ever have. I'll tell you, Generation Z is turning 18. My son, Anakin, turned 18 in August. And Wow. Yeah, and he's like saying, Dad, you know, we're moving. We're in the process of buying a house. And after we move, he's like, Dad, as soon as we move, i got to get down and register because next year's a midterm. So it's like Generation Z, they know how important it is to vote. And they're all coming out as Democrats because they understand that in order to stop the authoritarian uh, Trump-publican maggot cult, then they need to band together. They don't have the luxury of protest votes, but they have to come together. Now, right. 
And the thing, and so, and there's one other thing that's going on here too in this country. So Republicans have lost hundreds of thousands of people in areas where they can't afford to lose them. Democrats are registering more people than they've ever registered to vote before. Um, I mean, the Democrats fucking won two Senate seats in a single special election in Georgia last year. That's not supposed to happen. But here is where we see enough. Now, you know, talking about the Republicans dissolving, uh, you know, and turning into a cult of personality, uh, you know, people say, well, that's all academic. They still got people in office, and if they still have people who are willing to vote for them, even if the label of Republican is fraudulent, what can change? Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of people in the mainstream media right now that are trying to treat this like it's a normal political environment. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. <laughs> and they're talking about how they, well, normally the president's party loses seats in a midterm election. Yes, in, right. in normal land it is, but we live in bizarro world now. We live in a world where J.K. Rowling is with the conservatives and we fucking get Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, and Billy Ray Cyrus. Who the fuck saw that coming? Okay. I mean, true. And uh, so, yeah, no, the Democrats are going to pick up seats next year. And it's not just a couple. They're going to pick up mad seats. They're going to expand their majority in the House. They're going to pick up three or four seats total in the Senate. You're not going to see a 50-50 split next year. You're going to see a 54-46 split next year, which guess what that means? That means the filibuster goes away forever because anybody new who's Mm -hmm. coming in, they are going to be okay with getting rid of the filibuster. And I predict you this, if it starts looking like the Democrats are going to walk away with some races next year. If the polling is showing them that they're going to pick up big, you watch. Manchin and Cinema are going to go to leadership and say, hey, if you guys propose to get rid of all filibusters except for the talking one, where you actually have to stand up there and talk for 24 hours in order to keep your filibuster going, as long as you guys keep that going, we'll claim victory and move on and you can get rid of all the other filibusters which would basically get rid of the filibuster, because can you imagine Ted Cruz really spending 10 hours reading out of the dictionary on principle? They might do it once a year, but they ain't going to do it on every fucking bill if they've got to keep talking. Because uh, <laughs> there's not going to be as many of them next year, for one thing. Uh, I mean, after the next year's election in two years from now. But Democrats are going to pick up because one thing – Republicans across the country are having a hell of a hard time raising money the way they usually do. Because normally right now they'd be saying, okay, we're going to you know, give us money for this campaign so we can stop Joe Biden's liberal agenda. That's how they'd be sending out their, their fundraising to their people. But they can't. Republicans who are running for offices, like right now in Ohio, um, Rob Portman is retiring. There's going to be an open Senate seat in Ohio, and the guy who's going to run, who's going to get the nomination for the Democrats is a guy named Tim Ryan. He's a member of the House of Representatives. He's my representative. Real good guy. Real meat and potatoes, blue collar, old fashioned, blue collar, working class union Democrat guy. Okay, a lot like Sherrod Brown. Ohio will elect blue collar union Democrat guys. They'll elect them. They elected Sherrod Brown. They're going to elect Tim Ryan. Because they're running somebody against Tim Ryan who has lost three other statewide races. 
he's the only one who's willing to run. Nobody else can raise money. Why? Because Trump is raising all the money from the Republican faithful. And what is he raising the money for? Right. For, the, for these sham audits that are relitigating the 2020 election. Republicans are not able to put out positions on, on – they're not able to put out positions on uh, legislation or ideas or anything like that because what's happened is, is that the maggots have taken over the nominating process of the party. You, if a Republican goes back and does a town hall meeting in their local uh, district, maggots are going to be the, the loudest one, and they are going to set the agenda. So if they try to say, yes, I'm going to keep your taxes low, all they're going to hear is, well, what are you doing to stop the steal and reinstate President Trump? That's what they're going to hear. And that's the only thing mm-hmm. that's raising money. But the thing is, is that, you see, right now there are some suburban Republicans who might be reachable for these guys. If they could say, look, okay, I know it's been crazy the last couple of years, but you know me. You've been voting for me for 12 or 18 years or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that I'm just a plain old regular Republican. I'm not like these guys. I'm running on taxes. I'm running on this and that. They can't do that. They can't reach out to people because if they reach out with anything other than stop the steal, they get blowback. And now a lot of them are starting to see primary challenges from the right. People who voted with Donald mm-hmm. Trump 98% of the time are not whack job enough for these people anymore. So you're going to see, I, I have a feeling that we're going to see a dozen incumbent Republicans that would walk away with reelection lose their primaries. Mm-hmm. And the people who are going to win those primaries, they'll get the maggots out. But you know what? Not enough of them. Because most of the maggots are not going to turn out for any election that doesn't have Donald Trump on the ballot. Uh, for one big reason. What's the only thing that they've been hearing since November of last year? The election was stolen. That it was Your a, vote didn't it was matter. Stolen. Yeah, it was fake. Right. Yeah, and they're, they're saying that's why they lost the special election. That's why the Democrats won two special election Senate seats in Georgia, because the Republican vote was suppressed by all this talk about Georgia being stolen. And all that Republicans are hearing, 72% of the people who still call themselves Republicans, who don't realize that it's Trump Republicans or don't care, 72% of them think the election was stolen. And if you think that your vote doesn't matter, are you going to turn out? Are you going to go out of your way? Fuck no, Americans are lazy. We always look for a reason not to do something, especially if it's not fun. If it's not going to get us high or make us come, we don't want to do it. So it's like, you know, let me tell you something. We are in the middle of the most effective voter suppression campaign in our nation's history, and it's Donald Trump's own campaign against Republican voters. Between the the exodus of of, uh, suburban Republicans and the active suppression Mm -hmm. of the vote and the fact that they can't talk about anything but... The uh, the stolen election and why your vote don't matter. They're going to lose seats next year. The filibuster is going away. Things are going to happen. And by the time 2024 rolls around, it's going to be hard. I mean, Donald Trump is going to try to run, but it's going to be hard to run from Rikers uh, or from a prison in Georgia uh, or from another country because he may skip town. He's probably going to get indicted. There's uh, five different grand juries looking at Donald Trump right now. Uh, three of them are probably going to mm-hmm. indict within, by, before the end of the year. Uh, 
And, uh, oh, and here's really? another nice little thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Georgia okay. is going to indict him for attempted uh, election fraud but for his calls to the Secretary of State and the governor of Georgia right. saying, I need you to right. manufacture these votes for me, basically. And it's all on tape. That's, That's right. a beautiful thing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he's gonna get, and he's also going to get indicted for tax fraud through the Trump organization. Uh, and oh, here's another nice little present that Donald Trump has given to the Trump Republican Party. Um, his uh, old CEO... Uh, the, the chief financial officer of the Trump organization, Alan Weisselberg, is currently under indictment, yeah. and they're getting ready to go to trial. His trial is going to start September of 2022, a month and a half oh, wow. before the midterm elections. So all those Republicans who left the party because of Trump are going to be reminded why they left right before the midterms. So it's going to be a bloodbath. And let me tell you something. The bloodbath that happens next year means that the Democrats are going to govern. We're already seeing the way the Democrats are governing. Uh, The $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill that they're working on trying to get through right now is actually the result of a negotiation between the Progressive Caucus and the centrists and the moderates. It was originally a $6 trillion plan, and they negotiated a nice $3.5 trillion plan You notice that Democrats and Republicans aren't negotiating because Republicans are not interested in governing. Uh, So the Democrats are are governing, and that negotiation you saw between the moderates and the progressives, that is is going to be the two parties that are going to take over American politics. The Republicans are becoming increasingly irrelevant with every single election outside of the Deep South, where they'll stay a a regional southern party. Uh, and I'd say within 15 years, you're going to see the complete dissolution of the remnants of the old Republican Party, and you're going to see um, a bunch of the uh, a bunch of the newer voters are going to be going with the progressive Democrats. A bunch of the old suburban Republicans are going to team up with the moderate Democrats, who are going to be non-racist, but they'll still try to keep taxes down. Uh, the the lunatics and the maggots will go off and form the North American White People's Party. And again, maybe run a few counties down in the South, but really, 15 years from now, the two parties, whatever they're called, are going to be traced back to the negotiations that happened this year between the progressives and the moderates within the Democratic Party. Because once the Republicans are completely gone, then the Democratic Party is going to fracture, and that'll be the new, uh, the, the new. Uh, the, the, you'll have a center left and a center right party, genuine center left and center right, and not. The he wackadoo whack job right uh, that because you know you right. talk to most people in most countries Bernie Sanders would be considered center right he'd be considered a conservative so that just shows you how skewed American huh. politics is so yeah yeah that's true oh excuse me sir excuse me sir I have a question I have a question yes. sir so um, I heard an interesting rumor I don't know if this is true. But I knew you would you would want to discuss. Um, I hear that Rudy Giuliani is so desperate at this point because he is fundless and friendless apparently that he might yeah. actually flip. What do you think? What do you think the odds are? Is it possible? Is it just hearsay? What do you think? Rudy's going to sing like a bird. I mean, Rudy is going to sing okay. like fucking. 
like Pavarotti. They're like Pavarotti on sodium pentothal. He's gonna sing because you know he, you know, because he he comes from a New York from a New York party that you know once you throw in your lot with people, you stick with them till the bitter end. And Trump don't work like that, and yeah. he's realizing that. I mean, he, you know. I mean, I'll tell you, I've been reading Bob Woodward, Bob Woodward and Robert Costa's book, uh, Peril. I've been reading that lately. I'm about halfway through. And uh, yeah. when, when Rudy came to Trump and said, look, I'll be your main lawyer for $20,000 a day, uh, Trump said, well, go ahead and tell him we'll do it, but make sure that our financial people know that Rudy only gets paid if we win. And yeah. he, he knew he was not going to win any of these lawsuits. Because all of these lawsuits that he was filing then and all the phony audits that they're doing now are only to keep the idiots and the maggots shoveling their money into the Trump bottomless hole. I mean, look, they're going to do an audit of Texas, a state that Trump won. Why? Because there's only a few governors left who are batshit crazy Republican or Trump-publican enough to be okay with it, and that's... Abbott in Texas and DeSantis in Florida. So they're both states that Trump right. won, but they're doing an audit in Texas. Watch, they're going to do an audit in Florida just to keep the money going, but that also is a constant reminder, hey, Republicans, your votes don't count. Why bother? Uh, so, yeah. It's, wow. it's, and and Rudy, Rudy has been tossed out. He has been frozen out. He can't get anybody to return yeah. his calls. He was banned from Fox News. Uh, and he, yep. which r- really hurts, and he is on the wrong end of a $1 billion lawsuit from Dominion voting machines, uh, especially since there's ironclad documented evidence that Rudy knew all the shit he was talking about, the vo- voting machines, was phony. He knew it was false. When he was saying yeah. it, he said it anyway. Boom. Uh, so... Yeah. Yeah, he's going to sing. He's going to sing like a fucking bird, and he's going to want to get a one-way ticket out of the country uh, and to go back and live with uh, family in Italy, which is the only way he'll ever (laughs) escape the creditors because he's going to lose every single suit against him. And he may want to get the fuck out of the country because he's probably going to get indicted with his old boss in Georgia because he's on tape trying to pressure uh, Georgia elections officials as well. So... He's going to sing, or else he's going to spend the rest of his life in a federal institution. Wow. 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 Because yeah. Rudy, Rudy, no, Rudy has no compunctions. The most dangerous place in New York used to be between Rudy Giuliani and a TV camera, and that went back to the days when he was a U.S. attorney. And if you read Jim Comey's uh-huh. book, and it's really not a bad book, the book, uh, Jim Comey's book of uh, the time when he used to work with Rudy Giuliani when Rudy was his boss, he would talk constantly about how Rudy Giuliani mainly was a PR guy. He would step in at the last minute and claim credit for everything that all the other lawyers in the U.S. Attorney's Office had done and their hard work, and he'd claim all the credit. So uh, right. he's definitely, he has zero ethics, so he is going to sing like a fucking bird, especially since... Uh, you know, the, the, only, the, only, uh, the only thing that's going to keep him out of jail is if he sings on the mob or if he sings on Trump, and Trump is a lot less likely to kill him than the mob. So he's going to sing against Trump mm. like a fucking bird. So <laughs> It just, you know, it's funny because it reminds me of 
you know, the election where <laughs> Joe Biden would, you know, Rudy would open his mouth and Joe Biden would say, oh, here it comes, a noun, a verb, a 9-11. And, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Talk about eating crow now. Oh, my, how the oh, world my changes. Yeah, because Rudy was banned from Fox News on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Unbelievable. He was because, because him and Fox are knee-deep in a, in a defamation lawsuit by Dominion Voting Machines, and they're suing for a billion dollars. A tidy sum, I must say. Yes. That's yes. pretty astounding. Oh, there's, so, there's tell rumors. Me there's rumors. There's ru- oh, oh no, here Go here's ahead. another quick thing to chew on. There's rumors going around that the Murdoch kids, if Fox News loses that lawsuit, and they probably will, if they can't find a way to settle it out, the kids are probably going to tell Dad it's time to disband the network. They're costing us too much money. Mm. So anyway, chew on that for a while. Oh yeah, that's the rumors going around <laughs> because. A billion dollars is real money for these people. Of a hundred million, two hundred million, three hundred million, chump change. A billion, they take notice because they owe. The Murdoch family is worth about two point eight now, I think, because of hits they've taken elsewhere in Australia. So uh, losing thirty uh, percent, uh, you know, having a judgment against them for thirty percent of their net worth, yeah, that's going to make them think twice about keeping that network around, especially since Fox News has not won a prime time news slot from 9 until 10 um, in two years. Rachel Maddow has beat them every single night for the last two years. So, Wow. And you know Rachel Maddow is now going to, at the end of her contract next year, she's renegotiated for a once-a-week show instead. Yeah. What were your thoughts right. on that? So much has happened since the last time I talked to you. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. You have to catch up on she everything. Wants- she wants to do a one-hour in-depth news show once a week. The kind of, you know, where she normally has these, you know, people like to make jokes about Rachel Maddow's show where it's like, okay, tonight we're going to talk about the latest news from the Middle East. But first, it was a cold and rainy day in Australia when a young boy was around. And they'll go through the secrets of yeah. like 30 years of history and six nations, but all yep. of a sudden at the end you'll understand exactly why they went through all that. Uh, and it, it shows up so well. So I would love to see a once-a-week show from her because let me tell you something. Chris Hayes and Ari Melber are my new two new favorite stars of MSNBC. Um, Ari oh, yeah. Melber is the nerdy lawyer guy who likes to quote rap stars, which I find hilarious. And Chris Hayes Come is on. just perfect. I'm, Chris Hayes the other day started out his show saying, if you're watching this show – then you're probably the kind of person who gets fundraising emails from a political party. So I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, you know me way too well, Chris. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking that they could easily give Chris Hayes uh, Rachel's old-time slot, and he will do he will do them proud. He will do Rachel's uh, time slot proud because this guy, he has a level of snark about him that is just yeah. delicious. So, yeah. Uh, and also, yeah. let me tell you, because then if Chris then if Chris Hayes gets bumped up and Ari Melber gets bumped up, then Joy Reid can get bumped up to a regular everyday show again because she's a rock star as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, yeah, there's, there's, there's so much going on. It's just, I'll tell you, 
it's so much fun to watch Morning Joe these days and hear him just rant and rant and rant about the party he quit four years ago. Um, and it's just so much fun these days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't get to watch Morning Joe because uh, I'm at work when he's going on the air. But the right. fact of the matter is, is that, you know, I have gotten, and I, I, I know this isn't just me because I know it's happened to a lot of people. You know, the, the folks like me who sit and obsessively watch certain news shows, and I had to really, really remind myself that everybody is a ratings whore, even your friends are ratings whores. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. you know, sometimes you, you have to walk away uh, from the house of ill repute and just give yourself a fucking break. So I have, I have oh, yeah. been doing my due diligence in my mental health, and I have to tell you that I spend a lot less time watching um, news shows than I used to. I, I don't sit there obsessively because it – you know, when I stepped back and looked at it, it was such an emotional roller coaster. One minute oh, yeah. everything was fine, the next minute everything was a disaster. It's po- it's political porn, and I was very very addicted to it. And I oh, yeah. finally getting myself right with the gods, and um, <laughs> you know, spending more time away than with. So yeah. Oh. I do watch Let me tell you, there's a, much more occasionally. Yeah. There is a great resource. If you go to MSNBC's YouTube page, every day, every morning, uh, they have highlights of every show they had yesterday. So you will see the best mm-hmm. 13 to 15 minutes of each show. I spend an hour every day. I watch my highlights from Chris Hayes, Ari Melber, uh, Rachel Maddow, and sometimes uh, Joy Reid or Morning Joe. So I'll like 40, 45 minutes. I'll watch the highlights, and that's it. And they show you the highlights. You don't see the repetition. You don't see the endless theorizing of people trying desperately to fill up 24 hours in a news cycle. You get clear, right. concise, what's going on right now. Okay, I'm updated. Mm-hmm. Where the hell is my vampire book? Uh, <laughs> or whatever you're reading or doing <laughs> to relax the rest of the time. Uh, I find it, it, and I'll tell you, some days, if if I see if each if every show leads with the same story, I'll watch Rachel and then I'll like skip the rest because like oh yeah they're all leading with the budget fight story, so I'll watch Rachel and then I'll go off and watch uh, news about a roller coaster or something like that coming to uh, an amusement park near you, uh, <laughs> which we didn't get awesome. to go down to the amusement park. We didn't get to go down to the amusement park down by you this year because we had to change plans. We realized. We were going to be traveling into the south in fucking July, and we thought we're not that stupid. So we're uh, we're we're probably going to try to hit some of the places like Carowinds and some of the Florida parks maybe uh, in early spring next year when it's not as hot and humid mm-hmm. as Satan's jockstrap out. So yeah, but <laughs> true enough. No, no, no. A wise decision, I have to admit, because it gets you know. Here's the thing about being in the South, and and I know we're going to talk some about the pandemic at some point. Right. Um, But I still have major concerns. I have already had 
um, vaccination number three because I am immunocompromised. And the minute it was released last month, um, I decided to not wait and just go for it. I had already experienced uh, the, the pains of having the Moderna shot. Number two sucked. Yeah. hugely number three was not as bad but it certainly wasn't a walk in the park either but i you know right. i also am somebody who takes the flu shot every year because if i i and i still get the flu even with the shot please understand the reason i get yeah. the flu shot every year there keeps are two the reasons hospital. number one yeah. it keeps, yeah, it keeps me out of the hospital, hospital. Yeah. And it is the difference between being in bed for me, because I have been in the hospital because of the flu, because of not getting the shot, because I had a bunch of people say to me, oh, you know, you're healthy, blah, 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 and you take care of yourself, and you're taking your vitamins, and you lost, I had lost weight, and all these other things, and I almost dropped dead because I listened to other people and didn't get the flu shot because I quote-unquote thought, oh, well, my immune system's better and healthy. No. Uh, It was a total fucking uh, nightmare, and I I vowed never to miss it again. Now, I will say that is not for everyone. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying for me personally, it is very important that I get the flu shot because, as Talzin said, it means I won't be hospitalized, number one, or in the milder case, it's the difference between me spending three days in bed and ten days in bed. So, right. yes, I, you can, for those folks who say I don't get it because you get the flu anyway, um, there's still a difference in degrees. And if that's your only right. reason for not getting the flu shot, let me just say with COVID being an issue, it really is important if you can to get the flu shot as well, which I am planning now, to do next week. Now, <laughs> yeah. what's exciting, well, though, for next week. have you heard about the big news flying around uh, influenza vaccines? Uh, because of no. the mRNA vaccines that, they, that are working so well against COVID, mm-hmm. there's some saying that within five years, we could have one vaccine against all influenza. And mRNA could target a particular part that is common in every single influenza virus, and we could end influenza as a human disease through one shot. And that is what we're looking at. The technology behind the COVID-19 vaccines is so incredibly advanced. They've been working on it for 50 years. I'm glad we didn't have this pandemic 10 years ago because we would have had to have waited a lot longer for a vaccine. It kind of came along right at the time when we were ready to start using this stuff in a real way uh, on a virus that we needed to use the heavy guns against because novel coronaviruses are notoriously difficult to develop therapies against, let alone vaccines. So these mRNA vaccines Mm -hmm. are just an incredible godsend. I mean, there is a good chance that you could wind up with, again, um, vaccines against types of cancer down the line. Uh, Even the possibility down the road of an mRNA-style drug that would basically make cancer cells start growing like they're supposed to again, like reverse cancer through mRNA technology. These are all things on the horizon. So it's an incredible thing. And I guess if there's one thing we can say about the coronavirus epidemic, 
is that the people who would be against this technology uh, as a reflex are weeding themselves out because they're dying at a rate of 10 to 1 of registered Republicans over Democrats in most states that are the hardest hit right now by the COVID, uh, by the COVID uh, pandemic. And here's another reason, too, for people to watch out how much news that they consume. Because mm-hmm. it's really possible, and I've known people have done this, where you can read so much, and so many people are theorizing. There's so much that's theoretical about a novel coronavirus. And so you can comfortably say, well, you know, it's possible that. And you can say just about anything, and it's hard to prove mm-hmm. you're wrong. And I've known people who literally think that it's just as bad out now as it was before there were any vaccines because they're hearing about the variants, you know, the Mu variant, mm-hmm. the Lambda variant, the this variant, the that variant. And what you've got to do is like, yeah, there can always be a mutation. That's why Uncle Joe is putting in vaccine mandates. And guess what? The mandates are already fucking working. Uh, uh, meat, per, meat packers were the lowest vaccinated people after the, uh, after, uh, the vaccine mandate came out. Uh, now uh, Tyson Foods has just hit 80% vaccination rate of their workers because uh, they realized they were wow. going to have to do it. Joe wasn't fucking around. But I'll tell you, there's always a possibility for a variant to come out. But if you want reality, if you want to know how often people who are vaccinated get the uh, what's known as breakthrough cases, they get a milder form of COVID anyway. Uh, if you want to know how bad mm-hmm. of a problem that is, take a look at states that have high vaccination rates. I'm talking states like Vermont, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. uh, Maine, the hardcore New England states. They have some of the best vaccination rates in the country. And... Uh, their COVID rates are flat, even with Mu, even with Lambda, even with all these other variants, they're not having spikes. In states with low vaccination, mm. they're having horrible spikes. Uh, so it's simple. Mm. Vaccination works. If you vaccinate, you're probably not going to get it. And, uh, you know, and we just got to make sure that enough people get vaccinated. Uh, and like I said, you know, the, the mandates, you know, they're, they're going to hold up. They're all holding up in court. Businesses are doing it. Insurance agencies are starting to tell their corporate clients it would be better for you to require a vaccine because then you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about an outbreak in your job in your workplace that could lead to a lawsuit. Because again, if you want to make sure something changes in corporate culture, if you don't want to do it through uh, legislation, get the insurance industry mm-hmm. to think it's a good idea. They'll make everybody else follow along. Uh, so it's you know it's simply going to happen, and I can't concern myself with the idiots who won't vaccinate anymore, um, because it's mm-hmm. like look, it's your fucking it's your fucking funeral, okay? Literally, it's your funeral. My people mm-hmm. were vaccinated, and if we uh, and if they say get a booster, we're getting a booster. That's all there is to it. We're doing things straightforward and sane, uh, and we're yeah. you know we're taking care of business and. Like I said, in there are areas of the country, again, not only are they losing, uh, are the Trump-publicans losing people through leaving the party, and they're losing people by their own voter suppression efforts against themselves, but they're also having hundreds and sometimes thousands of their voters in a given district dying of COVID because they've convinced them to get vaccinated. So again, you know, yeah. it's, it's again, it, it's frustrating, but I got to say, it's like, I'm done trying to talk people into it. It's like, you know, look, get vaccinated. If not, it's your fucking funeral. 
don't come, you know, don't come, you know, don't come uh, looking for a bailout or anything. Come on. And how there are some uh, health insurances that are starting to say that if you don't get vaccinated, uh, they're not going to cover you if you get COVID. And that's 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 definitely something that'll make you wish that it had just taken you because you'll never dig out of the debt. So yeah, it's just it, it's, it's ridiculous. But, oh. You know, you can't fix stupid, but you can wait for them to weed themselves out through the Darwin Awards. So, no doubt. Not callous, but you know, after, my, after a while, you gotta st- you gotta stop true. worrying about the idiots. Yeah. Well, people, listen, if people are hell bent on dying, then that's what's gonna happen. I mean. Right. Listen, I've tried to talk people out of, you know, my own mother is one of these Trumpites, and, you know, it it, it it drives me insane, but you have to let some of these people go, and it's a very sad uh, fact of reality, uh, or rather a sad reality, but, you know, some people, when someone, again, when someone tells you that facts don't matter, You've right. lost them. There is no further conversation. If you are running into that brick wall as I have, where someone just right. stares, stares me blank in the eye and says facts don't matter, there you have nothing else to talk about because nothing is going to matter, period. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Sad but true, <laughs> sad but true. So can I just say – um, you know, while while you we were separated on uh, uh, the the summer holidays, um, I, I was very disappointed, and I want your take on this. Um, Eric Clapton came out as anti-vax. He's been apparently yeah. a Tory cunt for quite a while. I'm so disappointed. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Um, I was a huge Clapton fan, and I just cannot reconcile myself to even listen to his music anymore. Yeah, I know it's 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 disappointing, but you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people didn't really forget the fact that in the '70s, when he was still a drunk, and uh, and and he would lose all filters, there was a, a show that happened in I think '78 in England where he went on a huge racist tirade, anti-black, anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim, just literally ripping mm-hmm. out every racial and religious slur in the book. And it got recorded. And so when he decided to come out with that goddamn anti-mask song with Van Morrison, people are like, okay, Eric, Mm -hmm. you thought we forgot about this, and it got swapped all over the Internet, recordings of his old rant. And, again, um, you know, what you got to understand, though, is that uh, there's been a repercussion for him, okay? He was supposed to do an unplugged concert, from his house, mm-hmm. and it was going to be a big pay-per-view mm-hmm. concert. It was going to cost you like a hundred bucks to tune in to watch it live. It got dropped, <laughs> literally. the The company that was producing it dropped it like a hot potato, and nobody else will pick wow. it up now. Yeah, it's you know there there's still definitely repercussions happening because I'll tell you, England has had a very successful vaccination campaign uh, when they when they were mm-hmm. when they were facing. Uh, real viral Armageddon, they basically said, okay, you know what, let's get everybody one shot. And even if you have to wait yeah. a month to get your se- or two to get your second shot, get you one shot, and they got things under control. Mm-hmm. And now they've got a lot of people. I mean, they're hitting, they're hitting points where, uh, you know, other countries are envious. And, uh, and Australia is catching up and that kind of stuff. Of course, it's helping 
that Joe Biden is helping to make sure that if there are areas where vaccine is not going to get used, he's getting it places where it is going to get used, even if that's out of the country. Because, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, not only the hu- it's not only the humane thing to do, but, you know, the more we fight this globally, the less likely there is for some new horrible variant to come out that's going to make it a lot harder to vac- that we'd have to vaccinate everybody against all over again. Uh, so the more we work around the world to beat back the virus as it is right now, the less we have to worry about how it's going to be tomorrow. And Joe gets that. Uh, so, I mean, it's just so nice. It's just so nice to hear mm-hmm. someone open their mouth and talk and you know that they're going to be compassionate. You know they're going to care. Uh, now, he has his limits. Yeah. You heard how testy he was when he was talking about people who won't get vaccinated. He's like, enough is enough is enough. Mm-hmm. We have to do this. Mm-hmm. We have to do it to move forward. Let's just get it done, people. And, uh, you know, of course, he can get away with that because he's a white guy. You know, if Barack Obama showed that he was mad at any point, then the media would have destroyed him for it. But, you know, i got to say, you know, I wasn't so sure about Joe at first, but he's really impressing me. And let's face it, no yep. matter how much we would have loved to have had a President Warren or a President Sanders or even a, a mm-hmm. President Buttigieg, let's face it, Joe, was, mm-hmm. with how close it was, with how close it was in we, uh, yeah. in in Pennsylvania and Georgia and places like that, with how close it was, um, None of them would have beat Trump. None of them would have. Elizabeth wouldn't have. Bernie wouldn't have. Pete wouldn't have. We needed Joe. Mm-hmm. We needed Joe because Joe was going to yep. be able to do it, and Joe did it. So, yep. Oh, I I was totally on board with that. I'm like, you know what? I know the harder something pulls to the right, you want to pull harder to the left. I get that, but I really believed when I was seeing how it shook out. I, and, you know, I had this conversation with relatives uh, who are of like mind, and I said, listen, I know we want what we want, but we saw the wages of that folly uh, in the previous election. So let's make right. sure that we don't make that same or, or, or see people make that same mistake again. Um, you know, no one in my family did. So I set about saying, listen, I know you want to pull hard to the left, but the country is not ready for that. We need to get back to some kind of a center before we can and, and normalize out because we were all really fucking traumatized by the Trump years. I know I was. I am. Okay, it was well, one of the scariest four years of my life. Um, you know, just wondering about wars and more wars and the potential of of him just blowing the whole fucking thing up. Uh, because for me, once Trump got elected, everything got put back on the table as a possibility in its worst possible forms. Um, oh, yeah. So I was very pro having Joe come in and say, okay, Grandpa's here, and we're just going to get everything back to square one in some kind of a normal, relatively normal way. And and I agree. Uh-huh. I think best thing yet, that could have happened. Take it where we're going, though. When you're saying, oh, you know, well, you want to take the country to the left, but you're not ready. But look, Joe can do things that other people can't. I mean, look at look at Joe's mm-hmm. agenda. Look at that $6 trillion plan he trotted out with the $15 yeah. an hour minimum wage. Take a look at the plans he had to tackle climate change. 
this is all stuff that we're going to be getting in round two and round three once we expand the Democratic majorities in the midterms next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are going to get the $15 minimum wage. And if, and if we're smart, we're going to index it to a f- inflation so we never have to worry about Congress to raise it again. If prices go up 5%, mm-hmm. the minimum wage goes up 5%, period, paragraph, end of story. Um, that's what they're doing in New Jersey. That's what they're doing in every state now when they're getting tired of waiting for the politicians to act. People are doing ballot initiatives uh, and voting that kind of stuff in. Well, that's the kind of stuff that uh, progressives and moderates are working to bring together for Joe. Uh, the, the, they want to make the uh, monthly child tax credit payments permanent to people, direct payments to everybody who makes under a certain amount, who have kids under a certain age, which, again, by itself yep. has already started wiping out childhood poverty and will wipe it out even more. I mean, the things that they're going for are big in investments in infrastructure, in rural broadband, in green energy, renewable energy, renewing our electric grid to depend on renewable energy. This is not Bernie Sanders' plan. This is not Elizabeth Warren's plan. The tax on billionaires is not coming from AOC. It's coming from Joe fucking Biden. So you want to know what? People are saying we want to move the country to the left. Well, guess what? We're going to. But it's going to be Joe who gets us there. Because like they said, only Nixon could go to China. Nixon had the gravitas to be able to say, look, I'm a cold warrior. If I say China's okay, China's okay, and the establishment went with them. Well, only Joe can bring progressive ideas like a $15 minimum wage and regular payments to regular families to help them get uh, by in the modern world. Only Joe's going to bring that to us, not Bernie or Liz. Joe can bring it to us. And like I said, that's why I'm saying Joe Biden could wind up being the most consequential president of your or my lifetime because he could wind up being the final traditional Democrat in like, you know, in, if, if Joe uh, decides to run for reelection and goes until 2028, by that point, there will be no more Republican party. And the next president is probably either going to be a moderate Democrat or a progressive Democrat, whatever name those parties are going under. Uh, it could very well happen in as soon as eight years. So it's going to be a very transformational time. But let me tell you something, wow. not, a bad t- not a bad time to be a progressive, not a bad time to be a leftist, and a really sucky time to be a Republican because your party's gone, and pretty soon the remnants are going to stop breathing too. So it's like, you know, it's like it's dead. It just hasn't stopped breathing yet. So, you know. Speaking of things stopping breathing, and I'm not trying to be morbid, and it's not like, I'm saying anything inappropriate publicly, but because of certain health issues and things of that nature, what is the likelihood Trump will even be alive for the next election? (laughs) Yeah, see, there's a real problem there because Trump has always had this issue with stimulants. Um, Stimulants make him feel Mm -hmm. like a big man. Uh, He was coked the hell out in the 80s. He's, he's abused, um, like, uh, Benny's, uh, Benzedrine and all kinds of uppers and amphetamines throughout his life. Um, it's really hard to say because I could easily see him, uh, freaking out an Odin or, you know, blowing a gasket in some way. I mean, 
the guy is spending every day screaming at people on the phone. Uh, and that's all he's doing. Uh-huh. He's screaming at people on the phone and doing uppers. So who knows where he's going to be. Um, what's really funny is that there are people around him who actually think that they're going to be able to step in if the old man kicks off and take over his followers. That ain't going to happen. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, you might get some of the politicians. That. Yeah. I oh, think yeah, there are a lot of people who are, I, I think there are a lot of people who are under, like DeSantis um, and um, Greg Abbott. there's another one. Greg Abbott. Yes, Abbott. Abbott and DeSantis. These are the two people that I see most likely assuming. Uh, but, you know, I could also see uh, a Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio thinking that once Trump, uh, if Trump does pass on, that they're going to naturally be entitled to his um, supporters, and I would caution these people against that line of thinking because, as we saw during uh, election season, that doesn't translate. People that Trump endorsed did not win on right. multiple occasions because oh, no. that kind no. of draw does not transfer. It's not transferable. So I'm thinking, you know, because, and, and I don't know anything about Trump taking drugs. I mean, I don't know if that's been verified or what, but I'm sure it's it's certainly been rumored um, about the cocaine use. Uh, if you go back to the Jeffrey Epstein days, um, I, I do believe there is some documentation about back then uh, but that was uh, a num- quite a number of years ago. But the man's diet you want to know is shit. He's, you want to know when the guy was coked old. out on national? You know when the guy was coked out on national TV? Uh, just go ahead and do, do a YouTube search for Trump debate sniffle. And there's one debate that he was oh, sniffing all the way through. I remember that. I I, I don't know, but even and if he, he was even extra, if he, he was extra unhinged. He was unhinged that night. He couldn't even follow his own train of thought. Uh, that, you know, that it was just... But how do you it was, make... But it's Trump. How do you make termination that he was unhinged any more than he was always fucking unhinged? I mean, I don't remember I know. the man saying more than a handful of, of things in public that where he didn't come off as a raving friggin' lunatic. But... Be that as it may, oh, yeah. I mean, even if you take even if you take away all the drugs and you just look at the man's age, weight, and continued diet, um, oh, yeah. this isn't a way a person stays alive. If you avoid everything green in your life um, and you never, you know, never met a piece of sugar that you didn't like, um, and certainly stayed on a steady diet of fast food. Uh, I would challenge you to go see this. What was the movie? Supersize Me or whatever. Oh um, yeah, oh or, yeah. Or that was, that was the a guy who ate nothing. Remember the guy who ate nothing. Yeah, but nothing fast but McDonald's for a month. Yeah. yeah, and you saw what happened to his body and his his mind. Uh, the way he thought all started to alter. It, it turns the brain to mush. Oh yeah. Um. So. Oh I yeah. Would not, say not just that. Independent. Well, well yeah. not just that, I mean, but, but, you know, some some of the yeah. wackiest stuff that he would say during his morning press conferences, like injecting bleach uh-huh. and crap like that, yeah. that was quite often done yeah. after he did after he had been uh, up tweeting at 2, 3, 4, and 6 in the morning. That was probably a night yeah. that he overdid it on the, uh, I mean, he, 
he used to steal his kid's ADHD medication because it was speed. Okay, that's one of the things that's come out in the uh, family tell-alls over the last couple of decades. Oh. So, oh, oh yeah, okay. some of the wackiest okay, shit that he said that. at press conferences usually happened when he got maybe two or three hours of sleep the night before because he was just on and going. Uh, but also the fact that he's oh, abused these uppers for so much of his life also does help uh, – make uh, dementia onset even worse if that's going to happen to you. As mm, mm-hmm. uh, frying your brain sure. out with amphetamines definitely doesn't help with that. Uh, and also, you know, mm-hmm. let me explain something. For people who don't understand, uh, the things I've read about what it's like to live in the White House, it is literally a place where 24 hours a day you can pick up just about any phone in the residence, hit a, a number code for the kitchen, and order anything you want from any nationality, any type of ethnic food, any type of food in the world. If they don't have it, they'll run to the store and get it so they can make it for you at any time Mm -hmm. of the day or night. You could have the finest French cuisine at 4 in the morning if you want to. And Trump was happy Mm -hmm. when he got away from the White House because then his people bringing him his McDonald's for lunch and supper weren't getting dirty looks from the kitchen staff anymore. He was literally sending the mm-hmm. Secret Service out to get him McDonald's when he could have had filet mignon, you know, literally, because he wanted a Big Mac. So, yeah, the, guy, the guy's diet is crap. And I've had horrible diets in the past, and I'm like a vegan compared to this guy. Uh, it's just it's, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. So, yeah, he's not doing well. When he kicks off, all three of his adult children, all, three out of four of his adult children are all going to be trying to claim the mantle. Uh, the pervs are going to back Ivanka because they like to look at her legs. The hardcore misogynists are probably going to pick Don Jr. because Eric looks like, you know, the uh, face model for Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. Um, and you're going to have people like, you know, Abbott and Costello down in Texas and Florida. They think they're Abbott and Costello with clever wordplay, Abbott and DeSantis. But, in fact, they're not Abbott and Costello. They're Charlie Brown. And Donald Trump is loosely, Lucy and holding the football out for him. You know, that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these guys, and, and they're all, they're all going as hardcore as they can pro-Trump, even when the uh, polls in their own states say, yeah, you know, most people are okay with a mask mandate out in public, guys. Uh, you know, most people are okay with requiring healthcare workers to get vaccinated. Uh, but it doesn't matter because you cannot, you cannot do things like gauge public opinion and, and put, make your policy based off of public opinion. In the world of Trump, that's weakness. You know, that's being a wimp, that's being a wuss. You know, in, in Trump's view, you tell people what they want, and they're just going to take it from you if you're strong enough. Uh, and so basically none of these guys can, uh, can do polls to test what issues could actually help them in the midterms next year uh, because it would look weak. And if they tried to run on anything other than stop the steal, they're fucked anyway. So yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's, it's the the entire the the entire right wing of this part of this country is going to have a huge case of acid indigestion that is not going to go away. So talking about uh, party, <laughs> talking about health. Uh, yeah. Wow, yeah, it's true. Uh, it's not a good look. I, d- I don't know that he would actually be well enough to run again. And I think, um, I mean, I can't even imagine what his mental capacity uh, will be at that point 
because he's already how old now? Seventy three, seventy four. Let me look that I think up quickly. Um, not sure. I know Joe's seventy. Oh my gosh! So he's in way better shape. He is in better shape, and and you know, I can't even imagine what a Donald Trump at that point would be like. You know, this vengeful. He is in fact seventy five. Thank you. Um, okay. Which I did not. Which I did not realize. Um, but at the point that he would attempt to run again, he would be almost 80 years old, obviously. And right. I just find the thought of an even angrier, more entitled, uh, more vindictive version of Donald Trump would be nothing but dangerous. And I, I don't understand um, how people have not grown out of this um, this insane love of him. I mean, I understand he speaks to the lowest common denominator, but right. he does it in such a horrific way. It's like, you know, I used to laugh when certain states would talk about seceding from the union, and it's like, Oh wow! <laughs> I'd like to well, get away from some of these people. You know, maybe it wasn't. Right, but, a, I mean, obviously joking, but oh yeah, you know, it seems but like no, not such a bad idea sometimes. But you know, Georgia showed us one thing, and Georgia showed us that these are not red states. These are states that have a large, uh, very liberal, very progressive population, especially around urban areas, that are currently uh, mm -hmm. being occupied through a suppressed vote by uh, the rural interests of these states. And like I said, though, a lot of these states, you know, the, 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 the margins of victory are not big enough to survive the kind of attrition that's going to happen. Now, there are states mm -hmm. going to be like Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama. They'll be the last states to where mm -hmm. the old Republican citadels will fall. Uh, they'll still, you know elect fairly reliably uh, racist white guys for the foreseeable future. But it's really, mm -hmm. you know, you see where Georgia's going. And the way Georgia goes, uh, the Carolinas are going to eventually follow. And it's mm -hmm. just going to carve out way too much. I mean, you know, there's an incredible, I mean, the biggest areas in this country right now for the growth of population are places like Charleston. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and all, you know, mm -hmm. through the Carolinas and through Georgia and all that, that's getting an incredible amount of people coming in from places like New York and California and the Northeast, all reliably Democratic places. I mean, we saw how Virginia went from being the, uh, the capital of the Confederacy to now a reliably blue state in presidential elections. They voted for Barack Obama mm -hmm. twice. They voted for Hillary Clinton, yeah. and they voted for Joe Biden. So four elections in a row, Virginia can be safely considered a blue state for presidential politics now, and most of that's from, the, uh, from a combination of people moving in from out of state and increased voter registration of people who've lived there for generations. And it's spreading out. It's going from Georgia through the Carolinas, and uh, you know places like Louisiana and Mississippi will just be these isolated pockets of third-world uh, you know, third world uh, economics while the rest of the country winds up doing a lot better. 
<laughs> but we still got to try to liberate those states yeah. too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, not an easy task. I mean, right. you know, I I I I comfortably comfortably sleep in the knowledge that Mitch McConnell needs to go before I do. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like I, I, I have to have that moment in my life where I get to say I outlasted probably one of the most heinous people that ever lived because the problem with Mitch McConnell is he knows the truth. He does. I absolutely believe oh, McConnell yeah. knows the truth. Um, but refuses to do anything about it, which to me is worse than a blindly oh. following zealot. Uh, and that's just oh, a yeah. personal opinion. Um, but that's you know that's that's my frustration. You know what, that the man is intelligent. You know that the man has a clue and refuses right. to act on the right thing. Now you know though. You know what happens when somebody throws their lot in with Trump. You know it's going to eventually happen. He's going to turn on them. And he's turning on McConnell right now. He's already saying publicly that McConnell should be deposed as the minority leader in the Senate. Uh, and there is why. And there is because not, he doesn't. I've heard this. Oh, yeah, no, no, he, he came out publicly. You can Google it. He's saying that Mitch McConnell okay. needs to be taken out of being the Republican leader of the Senate, because Mitch McConnell did not fight hard enough to keep the election from being stolen from him by backing his ploys to try to suspend the Constitution and play monkeying with the electoral votes. Since McConnell wouldn't back his, his electoral vote gambit, and McConnell is basically mm -hmm. uh, blocking Trump from doing an audit in Tennessee and Kentucky, and, and, and most of the mid-states. McConnell's keeping the audits out of the states between the north and the south because he doesn't want that stuff uh -huh. going into his home state. So he's going to keep it out of Kentucky and Tennessee and West Virginia. And so that's pissing Trump off. Uh, there's word going around that Trump is going to tell anybody who is running for the Senate next year that if they want his endorsement, they have to pledge to vote for someone else to depose Mitch McConnell from being the Republican leader, the Trump-Publican leader in the Senate. And Trump will get his way because it is no longer a party with loyalties and political capital. It is all a big organization meant to please one man. And he's decided that Mitch McConnell yeah. is not loyal enough, and he needs to go. Okay. So... McConnell tell, is, you know, the, the, the attack dog, is, yeah. the, the dog, the, the dog is catching the car. Wow. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Tell me something. Yeah, yeah. If Trump, if Trump does pass away, what yeah. happens to his followers? What do you think, where do they go? They fracture. His followers are going to fracture. Some of them are going to gather around one of the kids. Uh, some other ones are going to gather around uh, one of the more hardcore lunatic governors like Abbott or Costello down in uh, Florida. I shouldn't say that. Luke Costello was a good man. Uh, Rick DeSantis is not. Uh, so, you know, Abbott and Buckfuck are down there. Well, no, Buckfucking is fine for some people. Uh, you know, uh, Abbott and Waste of Oxygen down in Florida, because uh, I really think DeSantis is far worse than Greg Abbott could ever hope to be. Yeah. Um, but, uh you know, it's like it's going to fracture. 
Because one of the things that's going to happen is that the whack jobs are going to be like, okay, who's the bigger problem, the black people or the Jews? That'll be a fracture. Who's the bigger problem, the gays or the women? That'll be a fracture. Without, you know, that's the thing about turning the Trump-Publican Party into a cult of personality. When the cult of personality goes away with no clear successor, and especially since nobody has near the amount of whack job charisma that uh, Trash Talker does. Uh, it's just going to fracture in a million pieces. So, like I said, the remnants, the, you know, the, the, the remnants will probably form into the North American White People's Party at some point. And, yes, that is the same name as the Illinois Nazis from the Blues Brothers movie. But, you know, you'll have some people go to the moderate uh, Dems, uh, and some people will go to some fractured splinter party. Uh, but uh, nobody's ever going to be able to claim all of them. They won't come out for anybody, even when Trump asks them to now. So that's another thing that's going to screw them next year. Interesting. Okay. So Democrats are highly motivated. Yes. Well, I would hope so. But, okay, so we have been at it for an hour 20. I want to ask you another question. Um, And then, you know, you can take it as far as what you're, you know, if you want to reiterate what you've been doing and where folks can find you, that would be great. Um, okay. Unless you have something else you want to talk about, um, do you think Roe v. Wade will be safe in spite of what we've seen so far? I think so because that's another thing too that I really think that even though they let the Texas law go into effect, I still think there's a decent chance mm-hmm. for one thing that they're going to strike it down simply because of the the, way, the incredibly sloppy way it was put across. Uh, putting uh, putting government. Uh, Putting government responsibility in the hands of private citizens uh, is unconstitutional. It was proven uh, back when uh, states used to let churches decide if bars got to have liquor licenses, depending on how close they were to the churches and all that. That stuff all got struck down. That used to be very common. Like in Boston, if you wanted to open a bar, the bar would ask the local Catholic church, hey, is it okay if we open another bar there? And having the Catholic Church, which was a non-governmental agency, doing the work of a government agency was unconstitutional because people's tax dollars were going to support the actions of this private agency, but they couldn't do anything to affect the membership of the private agency because they weren't subject to elections or government accountability. The Texas law mm-hmm. puts enforcement in the hands of individuals, uh, which and it's kind of funny too, by the way, the uh, Texas website that they keep trying to get up for people to snitch on people who get abortions keeps getting taken down because every web server in the world says that its very existence is against their terms and conditions. So that's been kind of funny. But the fact that it's putting the enforcement of a government law against uh, abortion into the hands of private individuals to bring lawsuits against people, that is going to fall afoul of the public money going and having private non-governmental individuals making governmental decisions, that's where it could run afoul mm-hmm. of the law. But again, the Democrats are going to do what they need to do. And after the midterms next year, I have a feeling that if they want to expand the Supreme Court, they're going to be able to expand the Supreme Court. If they want to impeach Kavanaugh and uh, Thomas and get them the fuck out of there and get some real uh, jurists on there, they'll be able to do that. Because yeah. um, I'll tell you, Kavanaugh and all the other people that Trump put on there, um, 
Trump hates all of them now because they've all voted against him in important election cases. So if, if, if anybody wants to impeach any of those people, Trump is going to secretly fund the impeachment efforts against them because he's mad that they didn't rule in his favor after he gave them the job. So that's another fun thing. Uh, but I think, I think what you're going to wind up seeing is that instead of depending on a shaky Supreme Court uh, decision, you're going to wind up seeing uh, some sort of codification into law. Uh, of probably in a basic health care bill of rights uh, that, again, is okay. going to wind up being very, very popular, and they'll be able to get a lot done. And after the midterms, you're going to have a lot more space to do it. Again, right now, Mansion and Cinema are trying desperately because they're enjoying being relevant, because they're only relevant because it's a razor-thin majority in the Senate, 50-50, with Vice President uh-huh. Harris doing the breaking tie. But if they think for a minute that they're going to wind up becoming irrelevant, like if somebody's going to switch parties and they're willing to get rid of the filibuster, they'll fold. They'll fold like a cheap suit. It's going to happen. Uh, just once their relevance is threatened, that's when they're going to come along. So, but on that note, I think it's time for me to go toddling off because I've got a lot of stuff uh, to do uh, over the next few weeks. I am moving. I've had wonderful people send me some great books, but now I've got more books to move mm-hmm. too. Uh, after my birthday, some of my online friends sent me basically the entire uh, Vampire Chronicles series by Anne Rice in book form. Uh, nice. I was missing two that awesome. I filled in the blanks myself. So, yeah, and, and, oh, and you'll find this hilarious. Of course, for people who don't see my Facebook out there, one of the gag gifts I got for my 51st birthday was a complete set of hardback Twilight novels and all five films in yeah. 4K Ultra HD. So... <laughs> I I heard that I read it uh, when it was posted, and I thought I was going to piss myself because I couldn't believe somebody did that to you. But okay. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I read the first Twilight novel, and I hate to say it, it's kind of fun. It's like trashy fun. It's like watching, it's like watching one of those old slasher movies, and you know it's bad, but you just can't look away, and it's so much trashy fun. Uh, so I'm actually halfway through yeah. the second book already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey man, if it's, a, if it's a, in a world that has real Nazis, I'll take sparkly vampires any day. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so tell people where they can find you and give them one right. last glimpse into what you're working on, and then we'll right, call it a night, my friend. Come and check out talisong.com. Uh, that's talison letter G. It looks like talisong. Uh, talisong.com. Not only do you have, uh, can you get all of the books in the Sorceress Saga there, uh, but you can also, I'm starting to put up some short stories for free. I've started the uh, the memoirs of Angelique Dupre, which is short stories for my 1,600-year-old vampire, and I'm about to start another series of short stories called The Legends of Sarah, about a 500-year-old cursed witch and her 200-year-old hot vampire girlfriend and some of the strange adventures that they get into because they are going to be entering the Sorcerer's Saga in book three, The Queen, which will be coming out in early 2022. Uh, my Facebook page is not under my control right now, but my, uh, my old fan page, I'm going to do a new one. I'll let folks know when that's happening. Be sure to come and check me out on Twitter at Talison underscore G. I do a lot of stuff on there. Uh, but go to talisong.com and read some free stuff and uh, maybe uh, get a couple of books. Uh, I've got two books in the Sorcerer's Saga, and book three will be coming out in early 2022. 
Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Talzin, I have missed you. I am so glad you're back. <laughs> yeah, Sending it's fun you to lots be of back. love and energy. Yeah, I, I've, I've missed you horribly. I'm so glad you're back. Um, so lots of love and energy on the move. Um, <laughs> I wish I was there to help. Um, oh, yeah, well, but hey, you I, can come when we do, when we do our – we're going to do a big uh, housewarming party uh, next summer. We'll wait till the weather gets nice, and we're going to have bonfires, and we'll have drumming and dancing all night. You'll have to come down. We'll have crash space. Come up and see us for the big housewarming party. I will. Uh, And uh, you you can come and party with the witches and the druids in Ohio with us. Yes. All right, my friends. Thank you again, and I will talk to you soon. Well, I will talk to you later. Good night, everybody out there. I'll see you next time. Same bad time. Shame that channel. Talison out. All right. Okay, everybody, join me tomorrow at 2 o'clock with the Crystal Spun Witch. We're going to talk crystals, and we're going to catch up because I haven't talked to her in quite some time. It's going to be a fun show. Thanks for hanging out. I know it was a long show tonight, but totally worth it. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.